Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Fong Shua, as we talk about unlocking one's peak potential. Fong is an entrepreneur, real estate investor, business strategist, speaker, and best-selling author. He helps individuals realize what they're capable of and guides them to succeed. He's going to share his journey and some valuable tips on unlocking your peak potential. Welcome and enjoy. All right, our guest today on Cashflow Canucks is an entrepreneur, real estate investor, business strategist, speaker, and best-selling author. Every day, he helps individuals unlock their peak potentials and guides them to succeed. Many of us are not realizing what we're capable of, whether it's becoming business owners, speaking on stage, authoring a book, investing in real estate, or simply just simply doing something and breaking through our comfort zones. Fong has been able to help many individuals achieve exactly that. Fong has been featured on business panels with Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, interviewed with Results Radio, spoken to thousands of in the United States and Canada. So get ready because today is a day to unlock your potential. Please welcome Fong Chua. Hey, hi everybody. Welcome. Fong, so I gave you a bit of an intro, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what your uh, your your journey to get to where you you are? Well, the the Coles notes are fast paced version of my story is uh, I am a civil structural engineer. I lived my entire life thinking that that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Worked there for 40 years and to retire. And then the 2008 downturn came and everything just went boom. Uh, so that's when I started looking into real estate. I realized that working at a job all the time and being loyal to a company may or may not be the solution long term. And that's when we looked into different businesses, doing something else just to set us up just so that if it ever does happen again, uh, we're, we're set up and we're, we're secured. So that's when we picked up our very first book of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, read that. And then from that, we went to a webinar, to a seminar, to workshops, to all that great stuff and have a collection of, of books and, and business uh, networks and all that kind of stuff. And that's when we got our first property. And then we realized, wait, we, we, this isn't, this isn't as easy of, of just jumping out there and buying a property. You have to treat it like a business. And then we started getting a coach in, in, in business and real estate. And then that coach then challenged me to go and start doing, uh, to start writing books. And then after I started writing a few books, they challenged me to go up on stage and start speaking. And so now I'm also speaking and coaching. Uh, we have a couple of businesses and we built a, a pretty solid uh, uh, financial nation. So that's pretty much the gist of it. And that's been in the last, so in the last 12 years, I guess, to now is. Uh, yeah, we kind of started jumping into it around 20, like really getting into the business and expanding real estate in 2010, 2011. Uh, 20, two, 2008 is when we started looking into it, done research, education, and all that kind of stuff. So. And how do you, uh, I guess, when you look at real estate, there are probably hundreds of ways to invest in real estate. Do you yeah. have a specific way that you do invest in it? Well, I find that the best one, well, the one that I like most is just buy and hold. Uh, single family buy and holds are uh, are easy to do, I find. Uh, you can do that anywhere you want, and it's it's pretty much cookie cutter. Uh, we have moved into multifamilies, uh, but 
again, you need more capital, you need to find the right, right partners to partner up on that kind of stuff. So multifamilies, uh, something in the sixplex and below, and then also single families, what we specialize in. Okay. And are you, do, are you investing as a, like a single, single entity as a, as a company? Do you have other investors as part of your process? How do you so do sometimes that? Sometimes we don't join venture depending on a deal. So we might join venture with other people. We might do it ourselves, uh, depending on the, the numbers, depending on the, the property and, and who's available for a joint venture. How does that work? Um, you know, like a, a joint, can you kind of take us through kind of what a joint venture is and how that so comes together? What I find is in every property, every real estate deal, there's really three main parties. Uh, the person who manages the place, finds tenants and deals with everything that has to do with uh, dealing with the tenants, finding tenants, screening, all that kind of stuff, the management outside. Uh, the person who comes in with the, the mortgage holder, uh, basically the large lump sum of the money, and then the person who comes in with the down payment. So at at the very least, there's three main parties involved. And depending on the deal and the numbers, I might jump in as just only the mortgage holder, but I want 50-50. Or I might go in with the mortgage holder and the as the um, manager person. And then somebody else comes in with the down payment. So it depends on on what the how, how the partnership works. It's very flexible. Fair enough. Okay. Well, that's good. And um when you'd say single family homes, is it, it's literally just, you're not doing any renovations or any of that as there might be some renovations. I usually like looking at stuff that's anywhere between five to $10,000 worth of rentals if need be. Uh, but that's not to say we haven't done any like buy, fix and flips and stuff like that. And, and over that time, how many, how many transactions have you been involved in? Well, we've done about, uh, we've done one buy, uh, buy, fix and flip. And then, Right now, I look after about 30 units. So wow. during that time, we've built up uh, quite a bit. So that's built you out some good, um, when you look at it, I guess you're, you're looking for um, like cash flow out of it. What specific elements do you look in? So in when, I look at, when I look at real estate, I want to make sure that when I'm buying a property, I will always be cash flowing uh, regardless of a down market or a low market or a high market or whatnot. And my numbers are usually anywhere between uh, in the three hundred thousand dollar range for a property, and then I can make that cash flow anywhere between five to seven hundred dollars per month, and that is on top of the two hundred dollars of contingency that I put in. So really, it's anywhere between almost eight hundred to a thousand dollars cash flow on top of uh, the property taxes, the mortgage, the interest on the principal, and also the insurance. So real estate investor, and then you got into books, speaking, coaching, all that. What yep. led you on that part of the journey? Well, as you know, you're, you're part of the, this community of infinite banking and whatnot. So I started in, looking into that, learning a lot about how insurance works and how you can become your own banker. So I started lending out my money to other people to make, like, to make, to make that into a business as well. And then from there... I started doing some investments in uh, land banking, so some exempt markets. Uh, then I got into some gold and silver and kind of used that as my savings. Instead of putting savings into a bank, I started buying more gold and silver. And then as I was doing all this stuff, people start asking me, well, what should I do? And what, how do you do that? And how do you get into real estate? And what's this IPC stuff? And I found that when I sit down and talk to them, 
it takes a good three, four hours. I'm like, oh man, that's a lot of time. So I started going, well, how do I make this a little bit easier? And I just started writing my very first book. And my very first book is everything that we do from real estate to commodities to, to network marketing. We got into that as well. And then also like the IBC stuff. And each chapter is really talking about the introduction of getting into it. So if you want to know more about it, then I'll direct you to the right people or I can teach you how to do that kind of thing. But at least it's a good starting point for me to go, okay, well, why don't you read this first? And then once you get a kind of inkling as to what I actually do and how to do it, then we'll get to some in-depth conversation so that I don't have to go through every everything every single time with a new person. And then from there, I just kind of got an itch because I was writing my first book and I realized, huh, well, I want to talk about this too. And then after that, I'm like, oh, I could talk about that too. And then after a while, I'm like, I might have a four or 500 page book. So then my, my coach told me, well, guess what? You could do a second book, a third book. So I had a list of titles that I, I still have a long list of titles I'm thinking of writing. Uh, so I'm actually on my, my fifth book right now. I just finished publishing that. And everything from uh, buying cash flow properties to mindset to building a team. And my most recent book is how do you, uh, how do you connect with effective communication? So it's been a lot of fun. Um, the, how was the, the first book? How was it? I, I don't know, from a, from a mindset, like just everything to, to build up, was that something you were ready to do or did you, um, how did that come about? It was, it was difficult. Uh, my, my coach said, this is what you should do. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit there and go, how do I write my very first book? And then obviously you have a whole bunch of these negative thoughts and limiting beliefs and all that kind of crappy stuff that gets into your head. Who's going to be reading my book? That person's smarter than me. Why should I be writing a book and not that person? And what if I'm wasting my time? What if and all this, this junk? Uh, then my coach was the one that came in and says, okay, over the last 100 years, there hasn't been anything new that's been written. And the thing is, your voice has not been heard. So write the book for the people that has not heard your voice or for the people who wants to listen to your voice. And you just have to connect with them. Who cares about everybody else? And from there, I, from within, within two years, I, I wrote three books. So wow. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Once you figure it out, it just, I guess it just flowed from there. Right. Just yeah. getting over that first hurdle. And the thing is, it's, it's like I said, it's a really big mindset thing. Once you kind of tweak that thought process or you hear from a different perspective, you go, you know what? That's right. Why, why can't I write that book? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Um, a lot of people, I work with a lot of speakers as well. And they're like, well, I can't write a book. I'm like, but you're going up on stage and speaking or you're doing speeches and you're doing presentations. Who are you to do a speech? Who are you to do a presentation? So if you can do that and stand up and talk to people, then you can write a book. It's, it's no different than that. So, Right. Now, this may be kind of two questions in one, but just can you talk to the importance of a coach and the importance of mindset? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, a coach is something that is vital for anybody's business and also anybody's personal development as well. Uh, for me, when I, when I said, once we got into Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we learned about the technical stuff, we learned about the numbers, we learned about how to do the actual deal. But we, we, what they don't really teach you was at the time, uh, building a relationship, the business side of things, the in, ins and outs of the trenches and all that kind of stuff when you're really going in there working on, on business deals. And that's where the coach really came in and really changed um, our way of doing things. Uh, the very first property that we put an offer in, we put in an offer for a, I think it was a condo 
It was listed for $120,000. We put a, an offer in for, I think, $80,000. And right now, we're like, well, that would be a great deal if it was if it was accepted. But at the time, I was freaked out of my mind because I was afraid that it will be accepted. So I was like, I put in the offer. I sat there, please don't take it. Please don't take it. Please don't take it because I don't know what to do afterwards. And that's when we realized we were missing that 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 guiding force. And that was the the coach. So once we hired a coach, that's when we actually started building more and more uh, real estate, uh, got a more sense as to how do you connect with people? How do you talk to people? How do you structure deals creatively? And then also jump into other opportunities. Like we've looked at uh, hotel deals. We looked at uh, multi-unit deals. We've looked at uh, commercial real estate, all that kind of stuff. And that's really because that coach helps you expand your, your horizon. They open up your, your mindset so that you can do stuff that you never believed that you can do. And the beauty part is the coach is somebody that's there, that's been there and done that. From their perspective, all you, all the troubles that you're going through right now or all the conflicts and challenges that you're facing right now, to them, they've done it. So they know it's it's just that little hump or hurdle that you, get, you will get by. You just need to be able to uh, persevere over it. You just need to understand that, you know what? Over that hump is this next step. So when you're prepared for that next step, that hump doesn't feel as, as, as large or as, as troubling. Uh, one of the best things that my coach has helped me with was calm me down when I had to evict my very first tenant. Ooh, that was stressful because I'm like, well, what if they sue me? What if this happened? What if that happens? My, my coach basically goes, calm down. It's not that hard. Everybody gets sued and everybody gets evicted and all that kind of stuff. So you're not the first one. It's it's been done. So it's that calming force, and that's why the the coach is very important uh, when it comes to guiding you through step by step and also showing you what potentially you can reach on top of what you're already doing, and then also works with your mindset, gives you a good perspective, gives you a good a positive attitude because. Your coach isn't going to, get, going to come and tell you, yeah, you can't do that, or yeah, it's never going to happen. They'll go, it can happen. We're never going to tell you it's not going to happen, but these are the risks. These are the benefits. These are the things you can expect. What do you want to do with it? So it's it's a good common force. Yeah, it's funny because um, real estate can be very, um, I mean, the barriers to get into real estate is not as hard as what you think, but a lot of times it is becomes the barriers you set within are the ones that probably hold you back more than anything. Yeah. It's, it's really that mindset of the, it's the mindset of what is the, uh, the unknown, the fear of the unknown that stops people from doing things. Uh, when I talked about putting out our first offer, the fear of having somebody accept your offer was probably the reason why people don't put out offers. The fear of getting it rejected are, is probably the reason why po- most people don't put out offers. Uh, lots of people don't understand that, Hey, Putting out an offer is not the end all be all. Putting out an offer is just, hey, let's see what happens. And it's to the point where I can put out, I, I've been putting out um, offers on houses that I've never even been into the house before. And people go, well, why do you do that? Well, it's, it's, it comes down to time efficiency. I'm not going to go and look at all these houses, assess all the risks, and then find out what the expenses are going to be and go, ah, I'm going to put an offer on this one. And then after all the negotiations and all the back and forth to find out that does not get offered or that doesn't get accepted. So then I just wait until it gets accepted. Then I go in, assess my, my numbers, and then renegotiate it if need be. So it's just one of those things when you understand the outcomes of 
what what an offer means or what's the results of the, the actions you take, then you know how to use it more strategically and you know how to position it well to for for your for your own advantage. So it's more efficient. And so it, it, I just look at all the experience you've had in terms of the number of deals, the volume and all that. I think compound effect is a huge impact to where you are today because a lot of it was limiting beliefs. And then once you've done it once, twice, dozen times, you've done things dozens of times now, just you probably don't even have to think before you act on a lot of these. Yeah. A lot of things. I was going to ask you, um, you talked about connection, connecting. Can you talk about making connections? I find that uh, building relationships is very important and uh, connecting is one thing that you really need to focus on. A uh, lot of people believe that when you talk, you're connecting. Uh, when you write something or when you uh, hear something, you're communicating and you're connecting with that individual. But what people don't understand is sometimes you might be saying the words, you might be hearing the words, but you're not really connecting with that individual. Uh, a, a good example that I usually use is, ha have you gone through the experience when you're walking down the hallway uh, of an office building or all walking down the street and somebody goes, hey, how are you doing? And before you're able to answer, well, you've already crossed paths. So is that communication? Yes, but you're not connecting. So when you're connecting, you really are engaged. You're listening to what the person is saying instead of just hearing what they're saying. You're listening. You're, you're evaluating how do you add value to that person? How do you add value to that relationship? How do you add value to that discussion so that there's a give and take kind of uh, relationship there? The more you think about adding value to others, the more the more uh, strength you build in that relationship. It's not just one-sided. So when we build our, our power team, our, our team of realtors and, and lawyers and mortgage brokers and all that, that stuff, we're, we're in it for the long haul. We want to be there so that this is the person we want to rely on and work with for the long term. So if I'm not referring back business to these people, then why are they going to help me or why would I be on the top of the list if I need something? So in, in, for our team, we actually been having like annual dinners every single year because it's we built that friendship, built that relationship so that we can work well together. We've connected. We know each other's families. We know each other's kids. We, we know not each other's hobbies, what we, what we like, what we dislike. And it's a lot more fun to do business that way. And it's a lot more fun doing uh, investments in real estate because everybody's engaged. Everybody wants everybody to win and everybody wants everybody to grow at the same time. And, and I believe that's very important. So that's from a, a business and and team perspective, but also if you want to go out there and be able to, to convince somebody or work with somebody or get somebody to partner up with you, you have to be able to speak their language. You need to speak in a language that has to do with what's in it for them, for them to even pay attention to you. Um, for instance, if you wanted to interview somebody, you're not just going, to go, hey, let's do an interview. You, you build that rapport first before you go, hey, let's, let's how about have a chat on, on, on Zoom or uh, let's meet up. You want to build that rapport before you start asking for stuff. And that's the whole reason why we need to connect better with people because a lot of times, and I'm sure you've seen on LinkedIn, there's a lot of people that, hi, nice to meet you. I provide this, 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 this. let me know if you want anything. Well, I usually don't respond to that because you don't even know me. So you need to connect first before you really want to work together with somebody. You may or may not want that potential client because that potential client might be uh, might be somebody that's very, very annoying or very, very needy. 
And sometimes you have to pick your clients uh, to, to fit into, into what you are looking for as your ideal client. Do you want to spend that time to work with them? Do you want to spend that time to explain everything to them? Or do you want to have somebody that you know trusts you and uh, understands your, your expertise and then you could work together easy? Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, I, I think that probably gets, uh, looked over quite a bit, but yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, giving is definitely part of that. It, there's, there's definitely a big give as part of that connection, right? In terms of yep. what are you, you're offering out. Um, can you talk about, so, you know, whether or not as challenges you've held before, um, or maybe even just now, like how are you dealing with the challenge right now of pandemic? How has that affected in your business? Or do you see it as opportunity? Can you talk to that? I find that every challenge provides a new opportunity and new uh, arena for you to really jump in and see what are you capable of and what can you do differently? Uh, just like I said, how I started into real estate, if it wasn't because of the challenge of the 2008 downturn. And at that time, what I missed was I was, I was told I was going to be losing my job at that time. And that's when... That, that, that's when it really changed my mindset. Go, I need to do something different. Okay. So because of that mindset change, that gave me all this stuff now. I started doing all this real estate business and whatnot and speaking. So during this period of time, yes, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. But it's also a time for you to go, okay, what else can I do to, to complement what I'm already doing? Uh, one of my biggest weaknesses is, is really engaging with people online. I've always told people that I like coaching one-on-one, face-to-face, in-person, because I feel that engagement there. I feel that connection there. I feel that we're really working together. I could see their tendencies. I could see how they move. I could see all that great stuff because we're face-to-face right across the room, right across the table. So then I was resistant doing Zoom calls. I was resistant doing phone, um, phone coaching. But right now, it's great because I could do interviews with, with yourself. I could do interviews with people throughout. I, I, actually, I'm doing an interview with somebody right after you in, uh, who's living in Hong Kong, which is somebody I can't do if I was only doing one-on-one face-to-face. So during this time, what I've been telling people is this is the time for you to really sharpen your axe. What can you learn? What can you put into your toolbox that would help you out later? Um, is it Because when we get out of this lockdown, when we get out of this pandemic, if you want to start off from where, from where you left off, you're going to have to actually change your mindset to start where you left off because we're all, lots of people are going to be starting off behind. Lots of people are just waiting for things to help them out, waiting for things to happen. But if you just sit and wait and not do anything, then you're wasting all that time that you can build your, your expertise. So during this time, I've been creating courses. I've been doing more interviews. I've been doing more podcasts. I've been doing more uh, one-on-ones on Zooms. Uh, actually, challenging my clients to to write their books. Uh, my challenge is you're you're stuck at home anyways. You've been talking about writing your very first book for for months, and all you've been saying is you have no time. You have no time. Well, guess what? You're stuck at home right now. And in fact, I'm going to challenge challenge you to finish writing your book from scratch to publishing it in three months. And if you don't, your penalty is this or your consequence is that. So that's enough to motivate them. And I have three, four clients right now that's almost under draft and it's only been four weeks. So right now is that time to do what you wanted to do for for the longest time and just get it done. So when it's all done, you have that in your toolbox, you have that to, to rely on, and then you can add that to whatever you need to do. 
Cool. Um, we're going to ask you, so that's kind of how you're doing with now. What are, what are your plans or what are your goals for the future? Maybe the next year. And then have you thought out 10 years from now, what you'll be doing? I, I thinking of 10 years, a little too, too far. Yeah. Uh, I, I like thinking uh, one year at a time and then five years is one of those things that's more big. I, I can't say that five years ago, I can, I, I'd be saying I'd be doing this kind of thing. So for myself, it's really, okay, what can I do to every single day? Am I doing something that's a little bit more um, advanced or a little bit more um, helpful to buy business or reaching my goals? So like I said, I'm creating more courses now. I actually am launching a podcast show on a platform on May, May 6th is my very first episode. So doing different things, adding to what you're already doing every single day, uh, mind feeding every day. Uh, my, my thought process is that by the end of uh, this year, I be I have more clients, I'll have more successes, I'll be able to share more stories with people of people I've, I've helped out and people I've helped unlock their potentials. And as long as I'm constantly adding more value to people and helping people succeed at what they wanted to do, then, then I'm happy. Also, uh, be, be a good husband and a good father. <laughs> um, and I guess, so brings back to like, why do you do it all in the first place? Is that? Well, the reason why we do what we do is normally it's for your family, it's for your loved ones and also for your own, own personal sense of sense of self-worth. Um, I, I've always grown up thinking that I'm, I'm meant for something. I want to be able to add to the world. I always wanted to help people. So uh, first and foremost, it's for my loved ones. I want to be able to provide for them. I want to be able to be with them when when the time comes and uh, see my my daughter grow up. See uh, the, those all that all that stuff that fathers go through that they want to be at, um, but they may or may not be able to because of of work and and, and whatnot. So be able to build that financial foundation and building those that passive income helps you with those decisions. You could take more vacations. You could take more time off. You could take uh, more time to spend with your family and whatnot. But at the same time, I absolutely love working with people who are struggling or who are who wants who who themselves realize that there's so much more they can do, but they're stuck for some reason. And having them come up to me a year or two, three months later and go, wow, you really changed my life. You really showed me a way of doing things I've never dreamed of doing. Well, that really speaks to me because that means I've added something to the world. That means I've made an impact and I'm making the world a little bit better than I'm going to leave it. So it's, it's one of those things that drives me. I, I love work. I love working with people and adding values. It's funny how um, we talk about money and it becomes a means to an end, but then once you get to a point where you're, you get to a certain point where it money doesn't, you know, like shouldn't you get to a point where you don't want money to be an impact on your decisions, right? You want to just, I want to have enough money where I can do whatever I want and make those decisions and that's it. And it's not about necessarily the money per se. It's really about your freedom, the freedom to choose, the freedom to, to act the way that you want to act the, and, and, and deal with things the way you want to deal with things. Uh, money and finance is one of those things that becomes a, a hurdle for a lot of decision-making. And what you want to do is not have that hurdle uh, as, much as, as much as you can. 
So when you have that set up, at least you can make different decisions. So for instance, when way back in 2008, when I was told this is your this is going to be your last day at work, the first thing that came to mind was panic. What do I do? Where where would I go? Uh, for uh, uh, and in comparison right now, like I'm still doing engineering work because I, it's something I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good at. So when this time comes around and go, oh, you're going to, you might not have a job later, then I can go, oh, that's okay. Because I have more options. I have more freedom if that time comes. So That's awesome. Well, Fong, I um, appreciate you uh, taking time to share what you did today. How can people get in touch with you? I know you said you had a podcast coming out. Can you talk to... Um, just ways that people can connect with you. Yeah, so I do have a YouTube channel. It's Your Area TV. Uh, look in, uh, you can search on that. I have lots of videos on there. I have lots of interviews on there as well. And uh, some some tips on, on branding, marketing. I got some tips on just mindset stuff. And then you can find me on meetfongchua.com. Uh, if you want to just uh, connect there, I, I'm going to be there as well. On Facebook, I'm very active on Facebook. You can find me, uh, just Fong Chua on, on Facebook. And then my podcast is going to be on a platform called Millionaire Flix. And the thing is, it's it's like lots of people, well, what's Millionaire Flix? It's like Netflix, but for your mind, you jump in. If you want to learn about cryptocurrency, it's there. If you want to learn about real estate, it's there. Business, all that great stuff. They have interviews with some of the most successful people in the world. And I'll, I'll have a show on, on that platform. Uh, you do have to subscribe to that. I could give you a link for that as well. So, yeah. Connect to me with me on on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm on there as well. Or you could just email me at fong.chua at yourarea.ca. All right, Fong. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Flow Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.